Hello, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year to all the listeners out there. Got a great episode for y'all. I mean, we got so much going on in the sports world. College football bowl season, the playoffs, NFL about to hit playoff season, Russell Wilson getting benched, likely to be cut in March, and then just other news all around the sports world with the Pistons hitting a 27-game losing streak. My goodness, i got a lot to break down, but before we get started, make sure to follow the podcast on any platform, any streaming service, anywhere. You get your podcast at Burgers and Brats and stay up to date with latest news on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Burgers, Brats Podcast and, uh, Burgers and Brats Podcast. And check out the podcast website, uh, www.burgersbratspodcast.com. And you can also watch the live stream of this podcast on millions.co at Burgers and brats you can also shop the merch there and uh check out my personal store uh wish list on amazon connected into the video so uh let's just get started in the nfl a lot has been made of i mean obviously of russell wilson getting benched uh he is going to be benched for jarrett sidham the last two weeks in the nfl the last two weeks of the season and uh, it, it makes sense I mean, Russell Wilson, he's been a good quarterback this year. He's got a lot of hate, honestly, outside Denver. Denver fans have been trying to tell you guys. I got a Denver helmet right behind me I every time. We do like Russ. We think he's a good, efficient quarterback. He's played phenomenal this year, and he's, he finally got some flowers on that five-game winning streak, and uh, deservedly so. But... It is time, I think, to move on from Russell Wilson just because, I mean, every week it just feels like there's two fumbles, there's sacks that shouldn't have been taken, uh, just missed throws, and uh, just throwing the ball deep, praying that one of his receivers can catch it, and he's done good, but uh, he's cost us some games and cost us last week and then a a bunch of weeks prior when we've been in these one-score games. But he's had some phenomenal touchdown passes. The one to Corlin Sutton against the Bills that I believe had a 0.2% chance of being completed. So that was great. But uh, Denver, they're going to save $37 million by cutting or by at least benching and avoiding Russell Wilson getting a major injury. If Russell Wilson gets a major injury, and can't pass his physical in the offseason. Uh, $37 million gets sent to Russell Wilson, but uh, now be able to cut him and uh, hopefully avoid paying that as long as he doesn't get injured, uh, at least in training. And maybe they just sit him out and say, hey, go hit the cold bass uh, for the whole day and just go do whatever, but you're not on this field. Uh, it does suck to see a primetime uh, game-changer Russell Wilson coming to the end of his career like this. He's been a phenomenal quarterback, but uh, it is time his career is coming to an end. He'll definitely be on a team somewhere next year, probably maybe even a starter. I mean, we saw how quickly quarterbacks went down this year and just how how needed a solid backup is to uh, even make a deep playoff push or to at least make it to the playoffs where these teams are losing games and could easily be in playoff contention. But uh, he'll def- I think he'll be a starter some some team next year, probably in the NFC. Uh, but sad to see Russell Wilson' uh, career uh, pretty much coming to an end, at least the Russell Wilson that we know. I mean, this is three years now that Russell Wilson has ruined my life as a Broncos fan. 
You got the Super Bowl uh, in 2013 uh, against Peyton Manning and the Broncos, and yet last year just looked terrible with Nathaniel Hack, and then this year uh, just cost us some games, but it did look good, but ultimately it looked like going to miss the playoffs once again. So uh, that is the Russell Wilson trade. Uh, Russell Wilson news coming out of Denver. Just sucks to see uh, this happening when Denver fans have really had his back for pretty much the last two years, saying it wasn't Russ. Russ wasn't the problem. He'll let Russ cook. He'll cook. And uh, now uh, media coming in and bashing uh, the move. But it's it's the right move, especially when you got the Waltons as your owners in Denver. Another story coming out of the NFL, Jair Alexander, cornerbacks for the Packers, was suspended one game for... Uh, get this, going out onto the field for the coin toss when he wasn't a captain and then calling heads or tails for the Packers and then almost blowing it. Uh, it, it was funny to watch. I mean, his post-game presser, it, his video got put out on Twitter uh, X yesterday and it, it explains it. It's just a funny thing to see and funny thing to watch. But I guess he's from the area and uh, want to be a captain, but the Packers didn't make him a captain. Don't He said he didn't know if the Packers knew that or not, but he went out there anyways for the coin toss and uh, ultimately got a one-game suspension for a team that needs him out there because they are deeply in the playoff mix and definitely need a win this week against uh, their opponents. So uh, really funny to see uh, him getting suspended one game. Uh, a little weird. I haven't seen that before. May never see that again, but... Uh, definitely something uh, new. So NFL never disappoints every single week. Uh, the 2024 Pro Football Hall of Fame Modern Era finalists were announced uh, this week. You had Eric Allen, cornerback. Uh, uh, this is 18th year on the ballot. Uh, Jared Allen, defensive end, uh, fourth year on the ballot. Willie Anderson, offensive tackle, 11th year. Debris Evans, uh, Dwight Freeney, Antonio Gates, Rodney Harrison, Devin Hester, and then Torrey Holt, Andre Johnson, Julius Peppers, Fred Taylor, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis, and Darren Woodson. So, I mean, these are a bunch of players I kind of towards the end of their careers uh, when I was growing up. So, uh, hopefully see a bunch of these guys uh, make it in. I mean, Devin Hester, man, that, he was deadly, deadly back in the day uh, when I was younger. Wanted to be like him on those kick returns and uh, just Darren Woodson, Patrick Willis, even Reggie Wayne uh, with Peyton Manning, Torrey Holt, Andre Johnson, Jewel Peppers, Ronnie Harrison. So uh, kind of in their twilight, uh, reaching to the end of the, their career when I was watching. So uh, those are the pro football uh, finalists for uh, this year, the modern era. All right, then some games this week. Not really focusing on the NFL. we got a lot happening in college football. But uh, there's some good games on this week. I mean, Every, pretty much every single game matters in the NFL this week. Standings-wise, um, in the wild card, the uh, in the AFC, 5C, you got the Browns, 6th seed, Bills, Colts coming in at the 7th seed. But 7 through 10 have the exact same record in the AFC, and you got two other teams uh, with the Raiders and Broncos two games behind. So... The teams are still in playoff contention, but seeding is incredible. It, every every down will matter this week in the NFL. I mean, uh, eight, eight through 12, it goes Texans, Steelers, Bengals, Raiders, and Broncos. I mean, all these teams play each other. So we're going to find out uh, who's the better team. And 
that I mean, those are one game swings that will put you into the playoffs in the AFC. In the NFC, uh, number one, you got the 49ers and Eagles and the Lions. The, they're all tied, one through three. Uh, those teams are tied as the better teams. Four seed, you got the Buccaneers leading the NFC South. A little different. They're eight and seven, so not as great of a record. And the wild card, five seed, you got the Cowboys, followed by the Rams and Seahawks. And then one game back of the Seahawks in the seventh seed, you got the Vikings, Falcons, Packers, and Saints, all tied with one game back. And I mean, these teams, they play each other. Packers and Vikings play each other on Sunday Night Football. This is going to be a phenomenal week in the NFL where so much matters. So uh, games that you wouldn't want to watch otherwise on the NFL that you are going to watch because just the importance of the of the game. So uh, some of the bigger games that are going on in the NFL that uh, these games, I uh, mean a little bit, uh, just seating-wise, but uh, respectively, these teams are locks for the playoffs pretty much. Uh, Detroit at Dallas. Dallas a six-point favorite in this one. This game, or now five-and-a-half-point favorite. This game happening Saturday at 7.15 on ABC, 7.15 Central Time. This could be a playoff matchup. Uh, these two teams are really good. Uh, Dallas, though, lost two straight. Detroit, uh, they've looked like they've been rolling pretty good. Uh, major implications for just the seeding and which team we think can make a deep run. Uh, whoever wins this game, if one team wins it handily, they, the favorites could shift in their favor for the next week and going to the Super Bowl. Um, Lions, two losses, pretty much head-scratchers, uh, losing to the Bears and then the Packers, two games they should not have lost. So uh, have beat some other good teams. Uh, both quarterbacks over 4,000 yards, and both quarterbacks 57 total touchdowns. So both these quarterbacks know how to find the, put the ball in the end zone, even Dak with a slow start into the season and relying on that defense. They've got phenomenal helpers uh, on the offense side of the football with Amon St. Brown, who's got 1,200 yards, and CeeDee Lamb, who's probably going to eclipse 1,500 yards after this game. So uh, both wide receivers for these teams, phenomenal. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, probably the best best receiver in football this year uh dallas uh don't play as good on the road uh like i mean like we've seen the last two weeks have been road games against decent pretty good opponents and uh they lost both but this is in d town and dallas is seven and oh at home uh both teams are also nine and oh when scoring first so big implications i who scores first and you might be able to tell who wins this football game i don't really trust dallas for, with what i've seen from the last two weeks and not scoring that many points either but it is at home and i'm trust i'm trusting dak this week uh picked against him last week got that right and i but i'll pick him this week at home give me dallas 30 to 24 it should be a very entertaining game uh miami at baltimore game of the week this is going to be phenomenal uh, Baltimore three and a half point favorite Lamar MVP discussion I, he is in the MVP discussion I really watching that game I was kind of on that game high of give Lamar MVP right now after this game but I mean you still got Christian McCaffrey you, you still have other quarterbacks including Baker Mayfield who has more passing touchdowns more passing yards and better QBR than Lamar Jackson as well and Lamar's only got 3,300 3, yards passing and 19 touchdowns he does have a lot of rushing yards on the season but 
another quarterback, the quarterback that he's facing has had a better year than Lamar Jackson. I do think Lamar Jackson is a phenomenal quarterback. Really, I would take him on my team. It, it really sucks that a bunch of teams were like, eh, we don't want him, which was just abysmal that they would say that. Uh, why would you not want Lamar Jackson on your football team? Uh, Tua, 4,200 yards, 26 touchdowns. So, I mean, if you're going to give the award to a quarterback, maybe give it to Tua. I mean, they've had a great year this year. And in part to that is because of the wide receiver Tyreek Hill. 1,600 yards, and he got Mostert with over 1,000 yards rushing for the Dolphins. So, just like Brock Purdy, amazing playmakers uh, on the team as well. So, start throwing maybe some of those playmakers in the MVP discussion. I'm sick of it being a quarterback award. I, I was disgusted how Aaron Rodgers won the award over Cooper Cup. A couple years ago I did not think that uh, was fair and it really does need to go to different players than just the quarterback uh, I'm a big proponent of let the other players get the award because it's most valuable and I mean some of these other players are super valuable to their team and their offenses or defenses shut down without them uh, both top five in rushing and points per game so I mean expect a lot of points this week Balt uh, but that does go against Baltimore's top six ranked defense we saw them shut down the 49ers last week. Uh, Baltimore 11 and 2 when leading at the half. Miami 11 and 0 when leading at the half. So uh, just like who can score first, which team will be at the lead at half, and kind of expect them to probably hold on because that's just what they've been built on all season. But Miami has had a much easier schedule in playing uh, inferior opponents. Uh, this is definitely one of their tougher tests. Uh, two good tests back-to-back. -back. Uh, both uh, not really in one-score games as well. Both uh, both only in total of six one-score games. So that's just a testament to how good these teams are, getting off to hot starts, leading at the half, and just building upon uh, that lead and not letting other teams come back into the fold in the game. Should be a high-scoring affair. I think Baltimore solidifies the number one seed in the AFC and win 28 to 25 should be a this should be a fun game to watch Tua versus Lamar super excited super stoked let's see what that has in store all right uh, before I get started on the college football playoff preview and the New York six bowl games let's go into on this day in history sponsored by Hefner Eye Care located in Oklahoma City or you can check out the web hefnereyecare.com where you can do their virtual try-on try-on sunglasses or glasses from the comfort of your own home uh, 1988 the Fog Bowl uh, dense fog over Soldier, Soldier Field uh, second quarter or the second uh, quarter of the NFC divisional round uh, the Bears beat the Eagles uh, 20 to 12 where the visibility was only 15 to 20 yards that must have been a fun game to play. And you can't see more than 15 to 20 yards. That, that's got to be incredible. Uh, one of those games you never forget. Never forget about it. Uh, 1830, uh, or 1880, or 1989, sorry, 1989. Uh, again, my nines and eights mixed up over here. Uh, uh, jockey Kent Dissimo, Dissimo, it's a tough name to say, uh, tough name, uh, the GOAT of jockeying sets the record with 598 wins uh, in a year. Yeah, not total. In a year. 598 wins. 
pretty crazy uh, stat for a jockey. Uh, happy birthday, Sandy Koufax, LeBron James, Tiger Woods, Anthony Hopkins, and the late great John Denver. That that is a great birthday list. That is a great birthday week for us. Uh, that's one of the better ones. I mean, Tiger and LeBron born on the same day. The two goats in their uh, respected sports. Phenomenal. Can't get much better than that. That's on the say. Sponsored by Hefner Eye Care. Uh, need sunglasses, glasses, or contacts? Uh, check out HeffnerEyeCare.com. Schedule your eye exam today. All right. New Year's Six and college football playoff. Uh, we've, we've had some good college football bowl games. Uh, a lot of teams getting their first ever wins in a bowl game, which is fun, remarkable to see. So bowl games do matter. Uh, they they do matter. But uh, not as much. Uh, they matter in kind of some of these lower bowls and these teams who really don't get to go to a bowl game, aren't blessed to go to a bowl game every single year. Uh, it, it's fun to see that those players show give it their all, no opt-outs, and show up and uh, get a win for their school. But big picture, nah, maybe they don't matter. Because we are seeing a lot of opt-outs, and we have a ton of opt-outs in these games. I mean, what could have been a phenomenal game with Oregon State and Notre Dame with DJ Ugalele and Sam Hartman, we're not getting that. No quarterback, uh, both those quarterbacks are not playing this week. I mean, this week, uh, kind of break it down in some of these other games, we are not getting full rosters. We're getting half rosters, some maybe even less than half rosters in some of these games. Uh, one of these games we're not getting a quarterback is Missouri versus Ohio State. Number nine, Missouri versus number seven, Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. Ohio State, a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. <coughs> no Comic Cord or uh, Fleming for Ohio State. Devin Brown, who's played a little bit on the season, 12 for 22 for 197 yards, um, is getting the start. And uh, it, they, they're missing a lot. Ohio State's got at least uh, 14 opt outs, and we still don't know about Marvin Harrison Jr. or their uh, close to 1,000 yard running back or their star defensive end. Uh, those players did travel with the team, but still don't know the uh, condition on if they are playing or not. And, I mean, this game doesn't shouldn't really mean much to Ohio State. This Ohio State team's usually playing for playoffs, or they're in these bowl games, but uh, it's usually for the playoffs, and it doesn't really matter to them. Missouri, on the other hand, they're going a full roster. Uh, their coach, Eli, said everyone wants to play in this, and that is because Missouri does not get the opportunity to play in these games. Missouri is not that good of a program, and uh, has to, they're blessed to be in this situation when – I think they had a overrated year. I mean, they're a fourth and 30 away from being in a smaller bowl and giving up their New Year's Six uh, bowl status. Uh, they, they do not get the opportunity like this every year. It's a once every 10 to 15 years that they get to play in a major bowl game like this. So you're not going to see uh, many opt-outs from them. Uh, Missouri 1,000-yard rusher uh, Rick Schrader, and they've got a 1,000-yard receiver Burden, who should be playing in this game, so that's huge for Missouri. Ohio State, like I said, still have a lot of opt-outs, but they still have the number three total defense in the country. They play in a Big Ten where not known for slinging the rock, of course. Uh, Missouri, only four total games away from home. Uh, a few losses and uh, 
weird thing, you only got four total games, so definitely have the home field advantage throughout the year. Ryan Day, I don't think this should uh, this game should equate to his possibility of being on the hot seat or being fired after the year. Uh, he got a lot of opt outs. It maybe if it's a huge loss, you could see that, but uh, <clears throat> I don't think this see this game playing into whether Ryan Day comes back or not. I think he is an obvious. He's obviously going to be able to stay in Columbus for the next season with all that talent coming in. It might be an even close game, but I still think Missouri is heavily overrated uh, this season. I think they get beat by a better Ohio State team in this one. I think Ohio State uh, covers and can win about 30, uh, 28 to uh, 21. So I, I think Missouri maybe scores late, but I think Ohio State kind of just dominates this game. But like we've seen around bowl season, uh, favorites, it doesn't matter. It does not matter who the favorites are uh, there have been a ton of upsets this year and that is because of the opt-outs all right another game uh the peach bowl number 11 Ole miss playing number 10 penn state i'm really surprised actually that penn state is a four and a half point favorite in this one just like missouri i'm not as high on penn state i think james franklin is one of the most overrated coaches in college football just the way he can't beat ohio state or michigan can run through a terrible big 10 west he is um, not the Big Ten West. He is in the Big Ten East, but can uh, run through just the anything below is just not good football in the Big Ten. Ole Miss, uh, you got Jackson Dart playing in this one. Lane Kiffin playing. They have been killing it in the portal, and I think they are due for a monster season next year with just the talent that they're bringing in and the talent they have coming back. Um, neither quarterback, many passing yards on the season. Uh, Penn State's 93rd in total pass with 204 passing yards a game. But their quarterback, Aller, one interception. You don't throw the fo football, you don't have many interceptions. Penn State, uh, Big Ten team, has the number one total defense, but that is due in part to the teams they play. They do not play a team that slings the rock, that has a great passing uh, efficiency. They play a run-style Big Ten team. Um, Dart and Kiffin, I think they should put up a lot of points in this one. I don't think Penn State has that many opt-outs. Uh, Ole Miss, for the most part, uh, most people are staying, especially their wide receiver, uh, Jolgens, 1,000 uh, yards on the season. Uh, should be points put up. Uh, Penn State can score, but I, I just don't trust James Franklin in these big-time games, especially against an SEC team. And I think Ole Miss is definitely a, a top team in the country that could compete with anyone. So uh, give me Ole Miss over Penn State. <clears throat> All right, and then a game that should be a phenomenal game, but it is not. Uh, number six, Georgia versus number three, Florida State. Georgia is a – see if see if the line changed on this one, but um, Georgia – is a 20-point favorite in this one. 20-point favorite in a newer Six Bowl game against a Power 5 conference champion. And that is because there are a total of 40 to 45 total players who have opted out of this game for both sides total. 40 to 45 total players are not playing in this game on uh, Saturday. So it, it is crazy to see that uh, you, you got no Keon Coleman, you got no Roadmaker, 
uh, for Florida State. So you're down to your third-string quarterback who did win you the ACC against a, t- a team in Louisville. Uh, you got a lot of a lot of players who hit the transfer portal, but that defense uh, that was so good, their players are not coming back. Um, <laughs> you got Carson Beck, though, for Georgia, who will be playing quarterback. And Brock Bowers is out, but Carson Beck, 3,700 yards, a really underrated season. I did like what he did. I did not think that he would be able to sustain uh, kind of what this Georgia team did last year, but definitely went above and beyond on that. Uh, Florida State, now the 44th total in offense when they are just humming with Jordan Travis. Georgia, a top 10 offense and defensive team. But you can't really put too much into uh, where these teams were ranked kind of in the end of the season or t- throughout the season and especially in the end of the season because you have so many players missing from this football game. So who knows what's going to happen in this one? Who knows? Uh, I do think Georgia has the better players, and they obviously have the better quarterback play. And quarterbacks help you win football games, and when you've got a bet coming back and playing, uh, that's huge. I I don't know. Do you, you have to bet the over in this one, 44.5 points? That's just uh, 23 and 24, uh, 24, 23 score. I mean, you got it. So, I don't know. I kind of like the over in this one. I think Florida, I mean, anything can happen to break a 75-yard pass player and run. So, uh, it's scout team versus scout team in this one. But give me Georgia, I think, winning. Uh, I, I go 28 to, oh, I don't know, 24, 24 maybe. I Georgia, Georgia probably should put up more than 30 points. Georgia probably put up 35, actually. Uh, 35, 24, 21, something like that. But uh, not going to be a fun game. Uh, not the game we were expecting in the Orange Bowl. All right, and then the last New York Six Bowl game, Fiesta Bowl, number 23, Liberty, versus number 8, Oregon. Oregon, a 16.5-point favorite in this one. These are just games that should not have been put here. The College Ball Playoff Committee just... Just the laziness all season, just making these matchups and uh, just, I mean, the unimportance of bowl games as, I mean, New York Six bowl games, they don't matter. Obviously, like I'm saying, Liberty will have all their players because this doesn't happen to Liberty. They don't get to play in the New York Six bowl game against Oregon. So, they'll have their players. Oregon does have Bo Nix playing in this game. So, Lucky, not even lucky for Oregon. I think Oregon could go and win their four-string quarterback and win this football game. But they do have to get stops against this Liberty team, who is number three in total offense in the country with 514 yards per game and number one with 302 rushing yards per game. So this Liberty Liberty team can score. This Oregon team can score. I'm expecting 75 to 70 in this game. This may be the best game, actually, even though Oregon is such a big favorite. Um... (coughs) Just maybe the least amount of opt-outs uh, for this game and could be our best matchup. Oregon, though, I mean, the number two overall offense with 527 yards per game. Uh, Liberty quarterback, <clears throat> Salter, only 2,700 yards, but he's got 31 touchdowns. 31 touchdowns on just 2,700 total passing yards. That's pretty crazy stuff. Bo Nix, 4,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, and only three interceptions. Don't expect a different Bo Nix that... Uh, we've been seeing all year. Expect the same Bo Nix. Been a month off, but don't expect anything different. Uh, Oregon, just shut down the running lanes. Just shut them down. Shut down the running lanes. Don't let them run the football. <clears throat> and uh, force Hattler to throw. And I think you're in for a pretty big win over Liberty. 
Uh, usually these games pretty mismatched, and I think Oregon probably puts up 37-42, and I think Liberty can get some points, especially in garbage time, get 24. So, all right, let's go to the playoff semifinals. The Sugar Bowl <clears throat> down in New Orleans, number three, Texas versus number two, Washington. Uh, Washington is a, or Texas is a four-point dog in this one. Uh, it it, it kind of is surprising to me that the hate on Washington I think Washington is a really good team. I think Michael Penix probably is. I think Penix deserved the Heisman more over Jane Daniels because went undefeated, played a really tough schedule, beat Oregon twice, a team which they, they weren't favored to beat Oregon twice. And then <clears throat> just to, I mean, second in total passing yards behind Bo Nix, but... Uh, I, re I really like this Michael Penix and didn't think too highly of him coming into the season, but definitely ate my words on that. And uh, I, I think this, well, I think I think any of these teams in the top four can win the playoff, and that is not something we have been able to say really any year of the playoff. It, it really, there's always been definitely one, and more than likely two, uh, especially with Alabama. Or another SEC team is in there. Uh, two teams, really, that you're like, yeah, those two teams are going to win it. Neither of the other two have a chance. But this is kind of a year where you're like, eh, I think all four teams have a shot. You just got to get lucky. Uh, have one play go your way. But uh, these two teams, Washington and Texas, faced each other last year in the Alamo Bowl. Washington beat Texas in the Alamo Bowl last year. Uh, Michael Penix on the year, 4,000 yards, 33 touchdowns, but does have nine interceptions. That is a lot of interceptions, and <clears throat> you can't have any against this Texas team. You shouldn't have any against this Texas secondary, which uh, ranks, I believe, 93rd uh, in past, 96th in pass def defense. So, should not be throwing any interceptions. Should be throwing uh, touchdowns all day on them. Uh, Uwer is pretty much close to the same stats if he doesn't get injured for that pretty good stretch of time in the middle of the season. But uh, they did go on to win the Big 12 and uh, do look good. Did lose uh, Brooks as their 1,000-yard rusher, so no Brooks. But run game has still been steady and looking good under uh, still going on in Austin. Uh, Washington, Washington's running back, Johnson, they, he's got 1,000 yards on the air. Odunza, 1,400 yards on just 81 receptions. Uh, definitely one of the better receiver be receivers in college football. Uh, throw him the ball, man. Throw a dunes of the ball. He's going to get it, and he's going to score touchdowns. Uh, both do have a top 10 offense. Uh, Texas is the best D-line Washington is going to face this year. Texas also without Malik Murphy, who already transferred out. So if Ewers does get injured, injured that shoulder once again, they got to go to Arch Manning, and Texas fans would have a flashback to 2009. Um, Ewers, uh, he does, he should hit receivers uh, as well as Washington, I think, is 123rd against the pass. So both these defenses, I mean, should be, receiving receiving lanes should be wide open uh, for both of these quarterbacks. Uh, Penix and Ewers should have a monster game. Texas has played way better in the last two weeks than kind of what we saw towards the end of the season, but the last two weeks they've had pretty much their two best games of the year. Washington, 
they've they've played great games and they've had one or two in a row where you're just like, how do you almost lose that game? You're a way better team. How did that happen? And you just kind of shut down on offense. Defense looks good in those games, but offense kind of just shuts down. Um, Washington's two wins over Oregon. Uh, I think turnovers win the game. Whichever team gets, I mean, gets the most turnovers because you're probably going to capitalize against these not great defenses. Uh, lots of points, and I've got Washington winning thirty-one to twenty-eight over Texas. So I got the Huskies going to the national championship, and they will be facing. Well, about to explain that. Uh, in the Rose Bowl, we've got number four Alabama versus number one Michigan. Michigan, a one-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Not the team that Michigan was hoping to see as the four spot uh, when the playoff rankings came out. Is is this the most anticipated semifinal of all time? It very well could be. I mean, Nick Saban, Jim Harbaugh, Michigan, Alabama, Blue Blood versus Blue Blood. Uh, it, it is going to be a phenomenal game. Michigan looking to turn some luck around. If hit, Michigan and Harbaugh have lost six bowl games in a row. Six, Harbaugh has not won a bowl game at Michigan, so uh, <laughs> looking to turn something and be huge to get it against Alabama in the playoffs. Uh, really did think Bama was dead in Auburn, fourth and thirty, fourth and goal from the thirty-one, and they are now in the semifinal. <laughs> it's really crazy college how college football works. But uh, Michigan, besides Georgia, <clears throat> I mean even with Georgia. I think Michigan was the best team all season, uh, just how dominated they were. I know they didn't play anyone, like I said, like I've been dogging on the other uh, Big Ten teams. I did not play anyone in the Big Ten. Obviously, they played Ohio State. But uh, it, it, very easy conference, in my opinion, I mean, besides those two. And you should win those games. But they did win those games, monsterly. Uh, it, it's a one thing to go play your opponents and not play up to the competition but it's another to go in there and win all these games by 20 points or more so that, that is a good good sign even when you're playing bad competition uh michigan and they only allow nine and a half points per game nine and a half points they're gonna give up some points to alabama uh jalen milrow like if he's been balling uh, like he has been the last two weeks they, they had a great win over georgia they beat georgia a team that we didn't think was beatable uh, went on and beat them. Uh, both quarterbacks, 2,700 yards, but neither many touchdowns. <clears throat> Blake Corm only 19 touchdowns. Jalen Milrow, 23 touchdowns on the year. So, Or J.J. McCarthy, sorry, uh, 19 touchdowns on the year. Blake Corm, 1,000 rushing yards. He is a baller. Hand Col Blake Corm the rock. Just let him run. Uh, Alabama defense, probably the best defensive line that Michigan's going to face. Uh, all season. So, uh, see what Quorum is made of. I think he's a really good player. Bama, lackluster offense, ranked in the 60s uh, in total offense. Uh, Michigan, uh, that is good for them because they are ranked second overall in uh, on defense. So, I mean, those three Big Ten teams, they got number one, two, three defense in college football because they don't obviously play a very high-powered offenses. But Michigan is also 70th on offense. Uh, so that uh, should be a pretty pretty even matchup. Michigan's got a slight advantage here uh, just with their defense and uh, Corm. Uh, Michigan can score or hold off like we've seen all season. They can score with Ohio State or can, they can hold off with Penn State uh, and control the clock. You give Saban one month to prepare 
for this game. And you got to let Jalen Milrow run the football. He's got 468 yards on the season, running the rock, and 12 touchdowns as well. It is a game in the trenches. Michigan O-line versus the Alabama defensive line. Nick Saban, Jim Harbaugh. Do you go against Nick Saban and this team that has won so many national championships, been to so many Final Fours, won so many SEC championships, one of the, the greatest coach in college football history, Nick Saban. Do you go against him? My gut says yes. I am taking Michigan to beat Alabama in this game. This game can go either way. I just feel Michigan has been my team all season that I do not like Michigan. I, I, I hate their scandal, scandal and everything, but they have been the team that I feel has been the one and two best, one of the one or two best teams all season. I do not think Alabama was that good of a team. And I'm going with the team that I feel played the best all season and I think is the is the most uh, is the most well-rounded overall. And I think that is the Michigan Wolverines. So I think Michigan wins this game and they face Washington in the national championship. I will not make my pick yet. I'll wait till after the game. But next week, definitely be breaking down what happened in the playoffs. So that is my pick for the New York Six and the college football playoff. I got Washington facing Michigan in the national championship. We're making that pick next week. Not making that yet. That, don't have my heart set on that one yet. All right. Let's move into the final segment. Who I'm sharing my burger and brought with. Sharing it with 2023. This, the year is already over. I will not be talking to you guys until next year. I'll see you guys in one year. I won't see you guys again for another year. No. But just a couple days. And uh, 2023 finally over. What a weird year. Really? Nah. Maybe 2024 will be phenomenal, and uh, let's end the year of 2023 with some amazing sports and uh, knock out what needs to be done on your list for 2023. See you back here again in 2024. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to follow the podcast on any platform, any streaming service, anywhere. Eat your podcast at Burgers and Brats. Stay up to date with Lazy on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Burgers and Brats. You can also check us out on millions.co at Burgers and Brats, where you can also find some merch and request a live video from myself and also the podcast website, burgersbratspodcast.com. Thank you all for listening. Take care. Stay safe. See you in 2024.